Well, this is one of those days where the whole show is upside down. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. Uh, the phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. I got up this morning, got the whole show ready to go, and then the Supreme Court released the Carson versus Macon case. Now, before I get there, I got to tell you, uh, it is runoff day in, I think, Alabama and Georgia, election day in Virginia. Uh, those of you in Georgia, there are runoffs around the state. You've got the second congressional district. Uh, you got the sixth congressional district. You got the 10th congressional district. You got a number of local races. Uh, it will take you five minutes to go vote. Trust me, done this. Takes you five minutes to get in there and vote. Uh, if you're in the sixth congressional district, the Cobb County area and the like, uh, make sure you go vote for Rich McCormick today. Make sure you go vote for him. If you're in Forsyth County, uh, you got Sherry Gilligan in the state house in Georgia is on the ballot. You, you're going to want to vote for Sherry Gilligan. Uh, yeah, apologize to those of you not in Georgia, but this is important to me. Uh, it, it also in Forsyth County for the north part, northeast part, Brent Cox. Uh, go vote for him in, in District 28. Uh, and the 10th Congressional District, Mike Collins, please go stop Snuggles. Please go snuff out Snuggles' career in politics. Go go vote for Mike Collins and stop Vernon Jones. My gosh, uh, that guy, I, I don't understand why Donald Trump wanted to help a, a Demo pro-abortion Democrat who conveniently becomes a Republican, uh, screams MAGA, 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 uh, no discernment on the part of people supporting that guy. He was a Democrat up to like five minutes ago. Uh, go vote for Mike Collins in the 10th Congressional District. I'm back in Jeremy Hunt. In the second congressional district, go go vote for him, um, Rich McCormick in the sixth. Um, I, I y'all really, Rich McCormick is a Marine. He's a hospital ER doctor. Um, he's a good Christian guy. Please go vote for Rich McCormick. It is runoff day in Georgia. It takes you five minutes to go vote. Polls are open till seven. Now I gotta move on. Um, that, that's I've done my bit for for politics in my home state. The Supreme Court has come out with the decision in Carson versus Macon. And it is a decision that everyone should embrace. What is remarkable are the number of people who are really upset about the decision. Let me give you the facts of the case. There are parts of Maine that are so rural that people have come together and set up small private schools. There is not an infrastructure available in parts of Maine for public schooling. So communities come together, they start small private schools. Churches come together and they start small private schools. And the state of Maine says they will reimburse the parents the cost of the tuition for sending their kids to these schools since the state of Maine and the counties in Maine cannot afford to build, fund, maintain public schools. It's not a bad idea. The, the, the state is, it's, it's a state that it's, you may not think of it as a large state, but it's got mountains, lots of forests, rocky terrain, uh, wintertime can be miserable. And you've got small communities of people who have lived there since before the revolution. And there's just not enough of them with a taxpayer base to fund public schools, to hire the teachers, build the buildings and all that. So the parents come together and they form private schools. 
the churches come together and form private schools, and the state of Maine reimburses the parents the cost. It's actually a brilliant idea. More states should adopt it. There's a catch, though. Maine said, we're not going to reimburse you if it's a church that does this. We're not going to reimburse you if it's sectarian. It has to be completely secular. Otherwise, no money. So a family sued. They said, we want our kids to go to our church's school. If we send our kids down the street to the other little private school cooperative, they get money. But if we send them to this one, you're not going to pay us. That's discrimination. That's picking uh, between religions. And the state of Maine says, no, 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 that, that's secularism. Secularism means it's not a religion. The Supreme Court more and more is saying that choosing secularism over sectarianism is discriminating. It is establishing a godless religion, essentially. And the Supreme Court in a six to three decision today said that uh, if you're paying people to send their kids to a private school, you can't discriminate against religious people sending their kids to a religious school. And this, by the way, you should know, it's not some sort of wild card case. Everyone could see it coming. Uh, a while back, there was a case, Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia versus Comer. It's a Missouri case. Uh, in Missouri, there was a program to, re to resurface playgrounds. A lot of playgrounds have been using like wood chips, mulch, and stuff like that. And the state of Missouri decided they would allow uh, playgrounds in elementary schools and in others to um, to pave their playgrounds. And if you were a private school, if you were a public school, it didn't matter. They would pay to pave your playground. But if you were a religious school, you weren't allowed into the program. And it went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court in Trinity versus Comer said, look, if, if you're paving private school playgrounds, you got to pave the religious private school playgrounds. You can't discriminate between the religious and the non-religious. In Shirtliff versus City of Boston, Boston said, we got a program where your organization can fly any flag you want outside of City Hall. And a Christian camp tried to fly their flag in Boston. And in Boston's, wait a second, you're religious. You can't fly your flag on our flagpole. And the Supreme Court said, nah, if you're letting other groups do it, you can't discriminate against the religious. Now, listen, I know someone who refuses to eat at Chick-fil-A. He is gay. He does not like the Kathy family. He does not want his money going to eat those bigoted chicken sandwiches. Piece of chicken with a pickle and two buttered buns is discriminatory to him, he thinks, and so he doesn't eat there. He discriminates against Chick-fil-A. You are allowed to discriminate. Every single person discriminates. Uh, particularly if you're on the left these days, uh, some of you guys go overboard trying to check the political allegiance of people you do business with and not do business with conservative groups or companies that give money to conservative organizations. It's really, it has become almost a religion. I know a guy lives up the street from me, as a matter of fact, keeps an app on his phone from some progressive group. And when he's going to the grocery store, it can tell him, does the, the company behind this give to conservatives? Particularly, does it give money to anyone who uh, did January 6th, what, what denied the election? Uh, an election truther, so he doesn't do business with them. He discriminates, and it's his right to do that. 
but the government is not allowed to do that. For a very long time in this country, progressives have held the view that the government uh, discriminating against religious people is not discrimination. Jeffrey Tubin, CNN's legal analyst, uh, the man who got his colleague's daughter pregnant and then told her he wouldn't give her child support, only money for an abortion, still on TV. Also, yeah, Tugging Tubin, the guy who um, tugged on his Tubin during a Zoom call and they didn't fire him. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin, he's all upset about this decision and, and just thinks we're headed to this place where the Supreme Court's gonna gonna fund religion. I mean, this is his actual tweet on the matter. It, it's a complete and glorious meltdown. Uh, where Supreme Court is headed, all parents get vouchers and they can send their kids to private or parochial schools. Separation of church and state is a vanishing concept at the Supreme Court. The separation of church and state is actually terrible legal policy. Because, and, and this is where the Supreme Court is actually headed. The Constitution, the First Amendment, actually says there's no establishment of a religion in this country. You, you, you can't do it. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's the first clause of the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. What the Supreme Court started doing in the 1950s and 60s, really, was essentially any time you defaulted towards allowing religious participation in the town square, you were in danger of establishing a religion. What actually happened is that the court has helped establish a religion in this country, secularism. Secularism has all of the tenets of sectarianism, it is a by-faith belief that God does not exist. Atheism is a religion. Atheism is a religious belief that by faith, there is no God. And the Supreme Court in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and even into the 80s started taking the default position that if you allow religion into the public square, you risk the establishment of religion. Therefore, we must preclude it from the public square and ceded the space to people hostile to religion. Actually, what the First Amendment says is Congress can't discriminate. If you allow in the non-religious, if you allow in the secular, you have to allow in the religious and the sectarian. And the Supreme Court over the last number of years, the last 10, 15 years, under John Roberts' leadership, frankly, for a lot of conservatives don't like him, he's been the leader pushing the court on religious liberty, is when Congress and, and the Supreme Court and the state legislature say no religion allowed, you are establishing a religion. You are establishing a religion that is hostile to religion. You are establishing secularism. What the court actually has to do is have neutrality. And neutrality does not mean no religion allowed. Neutrality means allow religion, allow no religion, don't pick between them. If you give to one, you must give to the other, and you can't discriminate. And you must allow the religious to practice their religion, the free exercise thereof. That means more than worship on Sunday. It means to live their life. So in a separate case out of Massachusetts, there was a, um, a, a, a Catholic adoption center, it might have been Philadelphia, a Catholic adoption agency that said, we will not do adoptions to same-sex couples. It violates our religious beliefs. And so the state said, well, we have to shut you down. You can't do adoptions in our state if you're not going to do same-sex couple adoptions. And the Supreme Court said, no, 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 that's picking between religions. 
That's picking secularism and saying, we will work with secular people. We won't work with religious people because they discriminate. Well, the secular people discriminate too. I mean, for God's sakes, the secular atheist I know who doesn't go to Chick-fil-A, he's discriminating against Chick-fil-A because it offends him. And the state must work with that guy and must work with the guy who works for Chick-fil-A, who actually puts the butter and the pickle between the buns. And that's all the Supreme Court's saying here is you can't discriminate between the religions. You can't you can't say we're going for secularism, not for sectarianism, because that's discriminating. The left is melting down though because they really do not like the idea of the government funding religion. And you're not really funding religion in this case. What this case is, is you're funding the parent's decision to send their child to a school to be educated as the, as the parent sees fit. And the bottom line here is the antagonistic reaction from people on the left today about this case is that they don't like the fact that you or I might send our children to a religious school. I actually mentioned one time on social media, my kid's school, my kid's school, that they sign a statement, as do we, that we support the faith-based tenets of our school when it comes to biblical sexual ethics and the like. And I actually had a a senior advisor to the president, uh, President Trump reached out to me and said, man, you need to, you need to delete that tweet. Said they are going to target your kid's school. They are going to come after your kid's school maliciously. They will find you. They will find your kid's school and they will litigate and they will try to drive them into bankruptcy for living their school life as a faith-based institution that really believes it. Says it happened to him. There is a level of hostility towards people of faith in this country that continues to grow. The Supreme Court, however, is telling people you got to learn that when you pick between secularism and sectarianism, you are still picking. And the Constitution says the Supreme Court or the, the Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. When you pick between religion or no religion, Congress is making a law respecting the establishment of religion. It's just a religion without God as opposed to one with God. Therefore, Congress must not discriminate between the religious and the non-religious. If you treat one a certain way, you have to treat the other the same way. That seems like common sense to me. It should be to you. But to a lot of progressives in America, this is a new concept and they're not happy with it. But today, big case in the Supreme Court, Carson versus Macon. The Supreme Court says if states reimburse parents for the cost of a private education, they have to also reimburse parents the cost of a private education if it's done in a sectarian religious school. Good. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. 
But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA Sipic. So I'm I'm breaking my rule a little bit. Um, I never do this as a rule as a as a policy um, for anybody. But but I, I'm 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 kind of going to now. If if any of you need a good business manager uh, in the metro Atlanta Georgia area, south of the city, really, but anywhere he'll he'll commute. I got a buddy of mine. I'm trying to extricating from a situation he's he's great uh he, he's spent his whole life helping franchises grow um restaurant franchises and the like and he he's trying to get him in a in a better situation we we were actually um playing golf yesterday and he was talking about uh current situation that he is dealing with and I, he is not alone in this situation i've heard this from a number of people in retail in the service industry, in the restaurant, hospitality industry, the number of teens and 20-somethings who just don't show up for work. They have no work ethic. And uh, this is, this. Uh, they're about to get, be in for a rude awakening when the recession hits. Uh, so this is a phenomenon that's happening right now for people who are paid weekly. Uh, teens and 20-somethings have figured out if they just don't go to work, if they ghost the company, the company continues to pay them even though they don't go to work because they're not being paid by the hour. They're not on the clock. They, they get a salary. And so they're, they're cashing on their salary. They get paid. The company thinks, well, I guess they went on vacation. Something happened. They reach out. They have to go through human resources. And ultimately they send them a letter and say, you're no longer an employee and they pay them until that moment. And this is what they're doing. But in my friend's situation, he's working with hourly workers and they just won't show up. They'll be there one day and they'll walk off the job. You know, this actually happened to me um, a while back. Actually, it was at a Chick-fil-A where somebody just disappeared on the job. And then I was in a, a Publix grocery store uh, about a month ago and there were all of these orders coming in online for uh, deli meat. And the guy who was in charge had just disappeared. He walked off the job, never came back. Uh, and right now, so many people are thinking they can leave one job and very easily get another job. And those hard times are coming with a recession, and that's not going to be the case. And people who don't have a work ethic are going to have to get a work ethic. Um, it's amazing. So I'm a longtime customer of Bull & Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bolin brand sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. 
my wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast and she wanted them. And then we got some and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents and they got over 10,000 reviews all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bolandbranch.com. That's bolandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. Happy to take your phone calls. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, I would be delighted to have you. I want you to do something. Stop with the dinging. My computer is is dinging and it's driving me crazy. Um, I want you to do something, if you would please. Uh, and Jim, I'm going to do this here so we don't have to worry about it later. I want you. Here we go. Yep. I want you to text the word data to 33777, uh, text the word data to 33777, and well, uh, now I gotta change this dog on it. Now you should text the word data to 33777 because I, I'm sending you back a link. And um, if you subscribe, you get this in your inbox every day, but it's the show notes for today. It is all of the links of all the stuff that I'm talking about today, other than uh, the the Carson versus Megan stuff. It came out so late. Uh, we, we weren't able to get all that stuff in the show notes. But um, you need to see the top tweet, the graphic. It's that important that you see it. So text the word data to 33777. I'll send you back the link and you just click it. And you should be able to see that graphic, even if you're not a even if you're not a paid subscriber, you should be able to see it. In fact, I, I'm going to uh, editorially, it is my business. I get to do this. I'm just going to go on and and make this available for everybody because I want everybody to be able to see it because it's that important. You need to be able to see this graph. So if you text the word data to three three seven seven seven. You will be able to see today's show notes. I've unlocked it, so you don't even have to be a paid subscriber. For today only, you can see it. Now, you should subscribe, and you get it every day. But the reason I want everyone to see it is because of the very top graphic. It's going to give some of you heartburn if you're on the left. Joe Biden's net approval has hit an all-time low, not in the real clear politics average that the media doesn't like, but in the one the media loves, the 538 average of polls. Joe Biden's net approval has hit an all-time low in the 538 average of polls. His approval is now six points lower than Donald Trump's at this point in office. 39.5% approve. 54.6% disapprove. Joe Biden's approval in office is six points lower than Donald Trump's at the same time. 518 days into his administration, only 39.5% of Americans approve of Joe Biden. And that is the 538 average 
Now, what does that actually work out to? Well, American Research Group gives Biden a 40% approval rating. Rasmussen gives him a 40% approval rating. Engine Insights gives him a 37% approval rating. Redfield and Wilton Strategies gives him a 35% rating. Suffolk University gives him a 39% rating. Ipsos, a 39% rating. YouGov, 41. Morning Consult, 38. It's really bad for the President of the United States right now. It's really, really bad. Now, when you adjust based on the weighting, here's what you get. Uh, 39% from 1, 39, 42, 37, 37, 44, 41, 37, 42, 37. It's just not good. It's bad. It's it's really, really bad. The average is 39.5% approve, 54.6% disapprove. When the president of the United States, regardless of who that president is, has an approval rating at 40% or less, his party gets wiped out in November. And that's more so now than it's ever been in the past because people these days are so partisan and so tribal. uh, You vote up and down the ballot for a party typically. It's brutal for the Democrats in November. But there's something else going on here too that you have to realize and appreciate, and it's that the media has kind of had enough. And if you want the the best sentiment for the president of the United States and, and where we're headed with this stuff, you got to go to CNBC because CNBC is just, they're the business guys. And they're balanced out. You got guys who are fairly liberal. You got guys who are fairly conservative. And across the board, the liberals and the conservatives, they've had enough. They're tired of it. Um, no more fooling around. They're just, they're fed up. The Biden administration, they're tired of the spin. They're tired of the blaming Putin. They're tired of not doing anything. I I have seen CNBC incredulously questioning members of the Biden administration. We have played those clips for a year now, more than a year. But today they took it to a new level. The level of just um, being incredulous, the the level of frustration. I want to play you three, and they're kind of long clips, and I won't play all of them. I I won't play the full clips, but you got to hear just the level of just the incredible frustration in the voices of the anchors at CNBC. We start with Joe Kernan. You've had a long history with different administrations. You remember President Obama didn't didn't was not a fan uh, of this move. I don't know if you remember that great quote. He said it's a gimmick, and I don't think people need to get a free uh, a free half gallon of gas is not going to solve what what we're trying to do. Did you agree with him back then? And have you changed your view, or or is it different this time around? Look, this is a different economic situation right now. We are coming out of a global pandemic, or at least we hope we're coming out of it. We have Russia's war on Ukraine. You get that? Uh, Not this is one of one of Barack Obama's economic advisors, who's now one of Joe Biden's economic advisors. Barack Obama said that a gas tax holiday was a gimmick. 
And kudos to her for her spin that, oh, we're in a different economic situation now. Yeah, maybe. But wait, there's more. We had the, sort of the same idea. We're goosing demand and not increasing supply. That that seems like that's not the way to, is that? That's exactly, that's exactly what I was going to ask is, uh, okay. is on the one hand, we're, we're doing our best to increase demand. And on the other hand, if you step back with a, with, a, with a long lens, the Biden administration has enacted sweeping regulations to reduce supply. So we're increasing demand, we're reducing supply. What is that going to do? Oh, I mean, we don't even need the answer. She tries to claim that that output is higher now than under uh, the last two years of Trump. Well, yeah, because we were in a pandemic and a lockdown. People weren't traveling anywhere. I uh, didn't want to give her a pass on that either. And then there's this. Inflation has wiped out, obliterated, really, all of the wage gains since the, the start of the pandemic. So Americans are actually feeling feeling poor as, as the price of goods goes up and their wages go down. It feels like now's the time to just really focus on fighting inflation, yet as recently as last week, the Build Back Better bill was still on the table. Uh, is now the time for the administration to be pushing spending billions more? Oh, this, this reminds me, what's her name, Margaret Brennan. On Sunday, she too has had enough. I mean, you're, you're just, you're starting to hear these people. Uh, they're they're turning in the media. If you weren't here yesterday, it's worth playing this clip again. This is Brian Deese, the head of the National Council of Economic Advisors with Margaret Brennan on CBS's Face the Nation. She is not cutting him any slack. Congressional Budget Office predicts that high inflation will persist until 2024. The Treasury Secretary has said it will stay higher than the originally forecast 4.7%. When does it come down? How much time are you talking about? Well, prices are unacceptably high right now, and that's why the president has said we need to make this our top economic focus and do everything that we can to get them down. Most independent forecasters, the blue chip, uh, the Federal Reserve, as you say, see inflation beginning to moderate over the course of this year. But our focus is on what are the steps, what are the policies that we can take? And the single most impactful thing that we could do right now is to work with Congress to pass legislation that would lower the costs of things that families are facing right now, like, like prescription yeah. drugs. We could lower the cost of prescription drugs by allowing Medicare to negotiate better prices. That would actually lower federal spending and it would lower the cost that people pay. The president said this week in a rare interview that he actually has the votes to do it. Where's the deal? When's the vote? Well, lowering prescription drug costs is one piece. Lowering utility costs by providing tax incentives for energy is another piece. But equally important, lowering the federal deficit mm -hmm. by enacting long overdue tax reform. If we can do a package like that, we can move forward in the near future. It will not only help in lowering prices, but it will send a signal to the markets and the global economy that the United States is really deadly serious about taking on this. Hiking taxes economy. isn't going to change the price of milk. When and how are are you actually putting forward this package? The package. Uh, we can stop it there. Hiking taxes is not going to affect the price of milk. They, they're, they're done. They're over it. Now, here, here's the thing. And we're, we're going to have to get into this. Um, there's a New Yorker story out about Ron DeSantis. And we need to spend some time on the story about Ron DeSantis. Because it's a big red flag for me that uh, the media is moving on to 2024, that they've, they've given up on 2022. The Democrats have given up on 2022. One media outlet, I think it was, hang on a second, uh, let, me, let me find this one. This is NPR. Oh, I, did, I forgot it was them. NPR News. 
actually went to Fredericksburg, Virginia, to the 7th Congressional District. Abigail Spanberger, she's the latest Democrat to come out and, and refuse to say if she would support Biden in 2024. She is beloved by the media because she's a pro-abortion moderate Democrat. They love Abigail Spanberger. Abigail Spanberger is one of the Democrats who blew up about defund the police and said it was killing the Democrats and the progressives needed to cut it out and they came after her. She's up on the ballot today. It's, it's primary day in Virginia. She's being challenged by Democrats. Uh, nope, nope, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's wrong. She's she's running unopposed. And NPR went to her district. And guess what? Y'all, y'all may need to sit down for this. This this may upset some of you too much, but you need to know the truth. Because this is not me. This is National Public Radio. And according to National Public Radio, nobody in Abigail Spanberger's district cares about the January 6th committee. You know, those swing voters, they're going to care. No, they don't care. National Public Radio went to a Democrat's district, one of the swingiest districts of the country, and interviewed the actual voters who are persuadable voters, who are independent, not Republican voters, who don't like Trump. And they don't care about January 6th. You know what they care about? The price of a gallon of milk. The cost to fill up their car. Crime. All of those things I've been telling you the voters cared about and all the Democrats have been saying, they'll care more about January 6th. No, no, they will not. You may think they should, but they don't because you can't get people to care about Congress when Congress has caused chaos to their pocketbook. You will not get Americans to care about the committee hearings when their pocketbook hurts. And even national public radio has starting to figure that out in a swing district run by a Democrat who's probably going to lose in November because the Democrats cared way too much about January 6th and not enough about people's pocketbooks. Now, if you're hurting in your pocketbook, you're probably hurting in your retirement portfolio as well. One thing you may want to do is considering reaching out to my friends at Goldco uh, and learn how to use precious metals to kind of lighten the ebbs and flows of your uh, of your retirement account, your 401k, your IRA. You can call them at 855-904-5933. They'll get a, you'll get a free wealth protection kit. You'll learn how to use gold and silver 
to protect and grow your money. Now, lots of retirees, thousands of them actually, are protecting their retirement savings. A lot of people are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. If you call my friends at Gold Co., find out how you qualify for their special offer. If anything, just call them and get the free wealth protection kit to learn how to use precious metals in your portfolio. They'll work with you. Good company, good people. They want to help you. They've been helping thousands of Americans protect retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They might be able to help you. Talk to them and see. Instead of me giving you the number again, just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, text it to 33777. Uh, I'll send you back their toll-free number. Call them, tell them I sent you, get the free wealth protection kit. I mean, at the least, just get the free wealth protection kit. It's uh, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are in the nation. If your company is involved with big loans for big deals, buying a building, building a building, well, you want to reach out to First Liberty. They might be able to help you where a lot of banks are getting skittish of helping small businesses. First Liberty's not. They've been doing this since the 90s. They know the ebbs and flows of the economy. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. But we're talking big deal, $750,000 and up, um, firstlibertyga.com. I, you know, speaking of businesses, I, I got to go back to this this buddy of mine, um, I won't beg on his behalf, but if, if any of you do need a business manager, if you're into franchises in particular, but I mean, he'll do anything. He, I'm just trying to find him something a little more stable than, than what he, he got into. But we were having this discussion on the golf course yesterday where I was, okay, so I played, but it was bad. It was really my excuse to smoke cigars and day drink, um, at four o'clock in the afternoon. It was hot. It was like 96 degrees, but we were out there, um, talking about just the the work ethic of younger people right now. We've had such easy times and people who just leave the job. And so I mentioned it at the bottom of the hour and the stories I've been getting for the last 30 minutes from people listening who are emailing in having the same thing happen. It's kind of scary, actually. I mean, I'm a little bit disturbed. What what happened? Um, because in, in Largeburg, you know, I, I so I'm a member of Gen X. Uh, Generation X, we just kind of show up, we do our thing, we, we, we want to be left alone, we'll leave you alone. But a lot of these are our kids. And how is it that our kids are like that? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, it seems to be very, very common more and more where kids think they're entitled to something that they are entitled to work a certain way. And if they don't get their way at the job of the employer who is not their dad, but someone else, they just don't show up for work the next day. They decide to move on to something else. And in this economy right now, you've been able to kind of wheel and deal and get your way and, and move on to a better job. If you want to get more pay, you could just jump around to a different job. But the good times are rapidly coming to it. I don't know if y'all been paying attention. The good times are coming to an end. And you better start building your resume and have some stability in your resume and not be flighty in your resume uh, because employers are going to want to find the people who are going to want to make a long-term uh, stay with them. I, I, You know, I tell my bosses in radio at, at uh, Cox Media Group all the time, I want to be a lifer. I don't ever want to work for another radio company. And I don't know that they believe me, but it's true. I just, I, I've never wanted to hop from job to job to job. And now people just want to like work one place a day and go someplace the next day. It's kind of nuts.